Hey, thanks for listening to Hit Subscribe, a podcast by Recharge created to educate, inspire, and connect the subscription commerce space. I'm your host, Scott Minglejohn, and on today's episode, we're chatting with Ryan Pamplin, CEO and co-founder of BlendJet. We chat with Ryan about the freak accident that left him on medical leave for months and how that grueling ordeal inspired him to try and better people's lives and as a result, create BlendJet. BlendJet are masters of eye-catching content, like their videos of a BlendJet making a smoothie in space, which is a real story, they actually did that, and you've gotta hear what was actually in that smoothie. And Ryan shares with us how they started this genuine and quirky content creation style, as well as how their brand engages on social media, which results in a fervent community of passionate BlendJet customers and subscribers. Speaking of subscriptions, we chat with Ryan about the success of their Jetpack product subscription program, as well as the retention strategy they use to entice customers to subscribe. But enough with the preamble, let's get to it. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about BlendJet? Sure. So I'm Ryan Pamplin, CEO and co-founder of BlendJet, creators of the portable blender. I actually have my BlendJet 2 here in carbon fiber. Not that I have if a you're... McLaren P1 to match this <laughs> or anything, but... I was going to say, I'm if you're actually... just listening to this, you're about to hear the, the beautiful sounds of this thing firing up. That's right. And if you like the sound of this, you might enjoy the ASMR videos we make with this. That you would think is a lie, but actually we have like 50 plus million views on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube of ASMR with the blender. Don't worry, I it's get not to my that voice. Later. I want to get to it later because I love that stuff. Yeah, fire All right, here, it here it is. Let's go. It sounds, you know, pretty quiet. You can still hear me over the sound of it. And, you know, the nice thing is there's no cord. So if you want to hide it in the fridge or the cabinet while it's blending, you can do that. But it is kind of pretty to watch, you know, the light sort of swirling LED. around. Yeah, people tend to get sort of hypnotized. And it only takes 20 seconds and that's it. And we're done. And I had this full of ice. I had uh, coffee, a nice shot of coffee in there. Uh, espresso, I guess you could say. I had vanilla, cinnamon, a little bit of maple syrup. So <laughs> it's kind of my daily routine. And you know, the terrible thing that you could do to yourself with a blend jet is turn it on while you're drinking. So fortunately we have a Oof. lock feature. So you just, you know, hold it down. Very rarely do I ever hear stories with millions of customers around the world. <laughs> rarely does anyone ever say, I sprayed myself in the face, but I have seen it uh, in a few photos that customers have sent and they, they've taken it uh, in stride and thought it was pretty hilarious. So, you know, user error, they say, which, you know, uh, lock mode. What a great feature. Definitely a handy feature that you built in. Cheers. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, oh, there's so much to get into here. I, I want to talk first about the origins of BlendJet. Can you take me back to 2017 and what kind of started you on the path here to BlendJet? Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been a great journey and, you know, I'm super appreciative to all of our customers, to my colleagues for making it all possible. If we go back, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. 2017, uh, I had a freak accident. I cracked my head open and, uh, ended up on medical leave for a year, almost died. Uh, it was pretty bad. I ran into a concrete pillar in a parking garage, to be honest. Uh, I was running sort of backwards running forwards, but looking backwards. And then uh, my car was parking itself. And I thought, you know, uh, I thought that I should pay attention to where it was going, the car, so it wouldn't run into anything. Should have probably paid attention to where I was going, so I didn't run into anything. 
But unfortunately, um, this was actually 2016 that this happened. Mm. And uh, 2016, 2017, ah, whatever, it happened. And, you know, this is one of the symptoms of hitting your head is you don't remember <laughs> stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I cracked my head open, ended up uh, on the ground and you don't want all the details. It wasn't pretty. So ended up in the hospital and then ended up with s- severe post-traumatic, uh, you know, head injury. And um, it was about a year of recovery and it was many months in bed and it was smoothies and protein shakes every day to get better. And, you know, that was kind of my baseline. And before that I had helped build the first holographic computer. So I was building this thing. So cool. Uh, and this was actually called Meta. I was hoping you'd share this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the assets of the company, the name did get acquired, as you probably know. Uh, hence, Facebook is now called Meta. So that was just a crazy thing. I was giving keynotes alongside Bob Iger and Steve Wozniak and getting to meet wow. my heroes like Tim Cook. I mean, you know, pinch me, right? It's just like, is this real life? Uh and it, and it was real life and it was, it was, it all happened so fast that you don't even have time to soak it in and, and like reminisce, you know, it's like, Oh, I got a demo today of the headset with Steven Spielberg. And then right after that, I got to be ready for Larry page. I mean, it was crazy. crazy. It, yeah. And you know, we raised a hundred plus million dollars. I was in all those meetings, helping raise money, showing demos, meeting all these luminaries and, um, you know, at the peak of it, I hit, I hit my head on a stupid concrete pillar and then I can't even talk correctly or remember dates or think straight. I'm good now, but you know, the company got acquired while I was on medical leave and, um, it took, it took a, a good year for me. And to me, the brain is just not something people understand. And it's not, you know, it's, it's just complicated. You know, you've mm-hmm. got the neural links of the world and, and the kernels uh, created by Brian Johnson, founder of Braintree. Uh, he took all his Braintree money and invested in creating the first computer brain implant. Elon came later. Um, so I use Braintree. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, so it's very interesting, you know, to kind of look at the brain space and you look at what these guys are all trying to do and gals creating this incredible new technology for computer brain interfaces. But the reality is we don't know nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. we are so early in understanding the human brain. So I think, you know, these technologies are going to help a lot with, with, you know, traumatic brain injuries Um, and just understanding what the heck is going on. And like Mm -hmm. the regimen for recovery is, it's so antiquated. It's so old, you know, oh, sit in a dark room. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do anything. Don't know. You know, you know what they said? That's the most true and helpful advice, but also ridiculous no cognitive load. So it's like, okay, don't think, don't Don't think think. deeply, don't have stress. So that basically means don't live, you know, Mm -hmm. and and just ignore the news and ignore the world around you because, you know, it's a stressful world that we live in. But um, long story short, when I got better, I really wanted to, my my whole perspective on life just morphed, right? I no longer cared about just trying to like make money and trying to be successful. And, you know, at Meta, I wasn't really focused on trying to make money. I was trying to change the world and build the next paradigm of computing with some of the smartest people in the world. Um, before that, I built uh, software for measuring video ads on the internet that got acquired. And uh, 
that company continues to do really well. It's been 10 plus years. And um, it's funny, we actually used it now to distribute our TV ads. Uh, so wild. Exchange. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything is full circle, you know, mm-hmm. it's like literally like the meta thing, then meta becomes this other thing. Yeah. And that then, just came back. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm waiting for, you know, for what happens next. Uh, maybe Facebook wants to get in the blender business. Who knows? Us, uh, I mean, it's meta, right? So it could be, you know, about health and consumption and tracking what in the virtual space. Yeah. Fire up a smoothie yeah. in the metaverse. Why not? There you go. Maybe we can come up with a device where you wear it and then you eat broccoli, but it tastes like chocolate. <laughs> Let's try. I know a guy. We could go for it. And then you wear the, you know, AR VR and it looks like chocolate. So you sell the whole thing. I'm down. I'm totally down. True, true story. Many years ago, McDonald's created broccoli that tasted like chocolate. That's actually not something I invented in my mind. This is something (laughs) that actually happened and they decided not to release it and not to, to market it or do anything with it because it was maybe too uh, strange using for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But you know, as a kid, I always thought, man, I wish broccoli tasted like chocolate. And then McDonald's did it. And then they let me down and never put it out there in the world. So, well, it's funny. Cause that le- that kid dream right there leads us to you wanting to make things healthier and leads us all totally. back to blend jet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the dream for me post traumatic injury and, and mostly being recovered was okay. You know what? Health became my number one priority in life. You know, I mm-hmm. think you know, when you're a 20 something and you're in Silicon Valley, you're just like, I want to like, you know, do everything and become hugely successful. And, and like, you kind of look at success as a monetary thing. You're like, oh, okay. How much money am I going to make, you know, as a result of this exit? What you realize, especially when you get to know a lot of people who have had exits is everyone that's like post exit, they're all very focused on making the world better. Mm-hmm. And after you go through a health issue, you realize that no amount of money in the world matters if you're going to die. And when you face your own mortality, you're just like, okay, priority number one, don't die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get better, you kind of realize that like, all right, I just need that baseline of health. And I also just need a baseline of not having financial stress because I'm like taking care of enough. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, like, what can I do to make the world better? And what can I do to, you know, what can I contribute And I think in my case, what I figured out that I could contribute is I knew how to make myself healthier. And my sort of health hack was, you know, just have a smoothie and a protein shake every day. And my theory was, well, if people out there, you know, had something more convenient than McDonald's drive-through, then they would probably consume that instead. And I reconnect with my buddy, John, who's my co-founder, CRO. He and I, I were doing Facebook 10 plus years ago together. I taught him Facebook ads when it first started, it was in beta. He took it, became a master and <laughs> ended up helping launch a ton of huge, huge brands. Did stuff for Uber, Glassdoor, Adam Tickets, a bunch of Disney movies and spent a fortune on the platform. And when he and I reconnected, you know, he said, well, I'm so glad you're healthy. What are you going to do next? And I said, I'm going to work with you. And he said, what you are? And I said, yep. And he said, what are we going to do? And I said, we're going to help people live longer and healthier lives. And he said, wow, that's profound. How are we going to do that? And I said, well, uh, I don't know. 
but I do smoothies and protein shakes every day. And he said, well, I do that too. I go to the gym and I pay seven bucks and I was doing it in a big loud blender and it was hard to clean and it always took too long and I made too much and just a very disruptive and unpleasant process. And I think generally if things are unpleasant and disruptive and time consuming, people aren't going to be able to make those into habits. Like you got to have a strong amount of willpower to be committed to the process of making a smoothie in a big blender every day. It's easier just to go to Jamba Juice. Like, why are you going to go through the trouble? And I think, you know, my feeling was, gosh, I really, during my health episode, really came to rely on smoothies and they're just inconvenient. And the blender form factor pretty much came out in like 1928 and didn't evolve. And I was like, how, you know, everything else has changed. You know, I got the Dick Tracy watch, like I got everything, <laughs> you know, we got flying cars for real now, you know, the Jetson. I don't know if you've seen that. I was watching yeah, videos of course, of that earlier, yeah. you know, I definitely want one of those. Uh, my wife is like, no, you're going to kill yourself. But I'm like, oh. I would love the like uh, quippy made robot. That'd be like super convenient. But yeah, yeah. totally agree. So I, I mean, we're in the future, but somehow the blender we're living with is from the past. And, you know, how do we fix that? And when we started talking, John and I just realized that like, wow, both of us really rely on these things every day. And gosh, there's probably a way to make this better. And he's like, well, if I could just teleport a smoothie anywhere, that'd be amazing. And I was like, well, I don't think we could do that yet, but you know, maybe Blendjet 19. Um, <laughs> the teleportating so Blendjet. <laughs> that's right. In the future, it's coming. But, uh, you know, I was like, I think we could build a portable blender probably. And we looked, it was blue ocean. There's nothing out there. It was very exciting. We started working on getting the IP. We decided, you know what? We're going to invest your own money. We're going to make this happen. So we brought in Brian, who's our VP of ops and brought in Catherine, my wife, who helped take care of me while I was sick and used to be a commercial actress, now stars in our videos, leads our 50 plus person customer experience team. And the four of us built this thing starting in 2017, launched in June of 2018, had 7,000 units to start. Brian basically took the concept, you know, napkin level concept and turned it into a real product. Uh, and then, you know, ended, ended up interviewing dozens and dozens of manufacturing partners, found the right one who really bought into our vision. And I had actually spent a lot of time in China uh, for Meta. So I had met like a lot of people who were really interesting leaders there, you know, people who led Tencent and all these different companies, some of which were our investors. So when I went for the first time with Brian to China and we were meeting the owners of these factories and these suppliers, and I'm showing them pictures on my phone of me with all these people, they're just like, oh my gosh, you know that person? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, to me, I, you know, in the US, like you and I, we don't know these names. It doesn't matter to us, but, you know, it meant a lot over there. So we were really able to leverage our credibility as individuals and sort of our track records to sort of build these initial relationships and get them to make kind of outsized bets on us that we were going to win. And I think from the beginning, everyone just believed in the concept and believed that we would win. And, mm -hmm. you know, I remember the first 7,000 units came in and John said to me, you know, um, if we don't sell these, you're going to have to buy all of them from me. And I was like, well, what, what, you know, it's kind of a joke, but I think he was probably serious. And, uh, well, could I take you back to that Friday? Cause I think there's such a cool moment that when we first spoke, you talked about you're sitting there 
Friday, June, 2018, 7,000 of these things show up at your curb. Um, and you're looking at them and you glance at your wife and you glance at your phone and there's this choice you make. Can you, can you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, what do you want to do on a Friday? It's dark. You're in an office. We're a little 2000 square foot office in uh, across the street from the Oakland Raiders headquarters at the time, Alameda, California. And we're sitting there and everyone left except for us. And all day we had these people come in that were temp people that moved all the inventory in. So the inventory got dropped in front of this office building, which was not a warehouse. And it was a maze of carpeted hallways to get back to our office. And, you know, it was the most inconvenient location, the building for a large amount of inventory to be delivered through. And these guys just all day, like banged the carts into the walls and made all kinds of holes in the walls. And you've got like a massage place and you've got, you know, like a logistics company, like all these different things that are like offices, not, you know, they're not fulfillment centers. And we just blocked the entrance the whole day with like basically a big semi truck. And we're just unloading all day. And then we get to the end of the day, we're all tired and we're all pitching in, right? I mean, we're not above it, you know? So we end up at the end of the day, sitting there, Catherine and I, and everybody's left. And I go, okay, it's like seven o'clock on a Friday. We want to go hang out. We want to relax. We're just exhausted. And I'm like, okay, we got to film an ad now. She was like, are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? We're not filming an ad right now. And by the way, she was my girlfriend at the time. So really like, I'm lucky that she ended up my wife after that. But, uh, you know, I was like, we got to film this. We got to, we got to do this because, you know, it's a Friday, like the weekend, if we got the ad up, maybe we could sell some over the weekend, get some momentum, come in and like Monday, things are moving and shaking. She was not happy. She, she was like, we don't have any fruit. We don't have any fresh ingredients. Like we don't even have any silverware. We don't have any plates. We don't have any lighting. We don't have a camera. I was like, listen, we have a tripod with a phone mount, okay? And we have a ring light, so I think we're good to go. I got plastic utensils from some of the takeout food we ate at lunch, and I got paper plates, and I have about strawberries about a week past their prime. So I think we're good to go. You know, the banana might have been more brown than yellow, but, but you know, it's yellow inside. Sure. So we made uh, a video on my phone. And we just kind of made it up as we went and we filmed it and we gave it to John. And I think everyone was pretty surprised, including myself, that we made something uh, with very limited resources. And then we put up the video, John ran it and it just started working. And within three weeks, we sold out of our first 7,000 units. And from that point, pedal to the metal until the end of 2018. And then we had over a hundred thousand customers in a hundred countries. And then we just kept pushing, right? So by the end of 2019, over a million customers. By the end of 2020, millions of customers. Now, even dramatically more than that, this year has been dramatically bigger than last year. So I think, and now we're in every major retail store and we never tried to reach out to any retail. We have an amazing director of partnerships, Erin Kristovich. Uh, she's been at three unicorns before and then she joined Blendjet. She never dealt with retail. But what had happened is we had so many inbound retailers sort of hitting us up, you know, Walmart, literally saying like, we want you in the store, Target, we want you in the store. And, you know, my strategy from the beginning with them was no, thank you. Uh, And it wasn't because I don't want 
to be in Target or Walmart, it's because most of the time they were like, well, we'll start you online only. And then based on how that goes, we'll put you in the store. No, you know, I spent so much money to market online and to become successful online. And then, you know, you just want to take a piece of my online pie because you're going to outrank mm. me, your target, your Walmart, you're going to be bigger than me. I can't let that happen. So mm -hmm. I think they're amazing partners and I love them and I love Bed Bath & Beyond and, you know, Bed Bath just does such a great job with merchandising in the store. Uh, and, and we're in Kohl's and we're in CVS, uh, you know, all these places uh, launching with Costco soon. And they've all reached out to us, which is great. But we've always said, if we're going to give up a piece of the online pie, then you've got to give us mass retail, like every store, mm -hmm. because I need the opportunity for discovery and the sell through in your stores to make up for the online pie that you're taking away from me. Because otherwise you're just going to raise up my CPA and I'm actually going to have to turn down my advertising. And then my retail sell through is going to be lower anyway. So mm -hmm. it's not in your best interest to take a piece of my pie without giving me something in return, because the long-term effect is bad for both of our businesses. So I think this strategy was the right strategy. And I think in the beginning, it's really terrifying when you're a oh, startup yeah. and you're saying no to the biggest retailers in the world, you know, and we also have always said no to Amazon. We don't sell on Amazon. I don't want to sell on Amazon. You know, as a consumer, I use Amazon all the time. Um, it's very convenient. Same reason Blendjet's successful, convenience, hard to beat it. But mm -hmm. I think the problem with Amazon is there's very little regulation. So anybody can sell anything. And as a result, you get all kinds of people. We have 75 plus patents on our technology. We have dozens of trademarks. So the last thing I want to do is be in a marketplace that's full of people that try to imitate and knock off that I'm constantly shutting down. Because then if you Google Blendjet, Amazon's probably going to outrank us. And mm -hmm. then it's going to be like, hey, do you want to buy a Blendjet? Or would you like to buy one of these knockoffs? I don't want to be next yeah. to that. And more importantly than that, I need to own the relationship with my customer. I need that phone number. I need that email address. During this last month, our revenue from email has been insane. Literally over 22% revenue coming from email. Totally insane. That's, That's from Clavium. awesome. Yeah. I, I love that idea of like owning that customer relationship. And I even wanted to take it back to when you guys first made that video, um, I have a theory of why it's successful. I mean, hell, I'll share it now. It's just so genuine. And I think you were so quick to the game of, yeah, there is something for like these polished ads, like big budget things, but there's something so um, relatable about this like very organic relationship. Here's our product. This is what it is. You guys are fun with it. You know what you are. You have a good brand tone. Um, so I'd love to talk to you further about that, like intentional community building you guys have done, owning that customer relationship. And hell, you said it off the top, your YouTube game is flawless. You got an ASMR video. Let me, let me look at it here in my notes. Oddly Satisfying Blends has 2.7 million views. I think the one I looked at came out in January. That's crazy. Uh, so, so where did this strategy begin? Yeah, even more views, by the way, on YouTube and Instagram. So actually over 50 million views on oh. YouTube, Instagram, and, uh, and, and Facebook combined. And the videos generated crazy amounts of revenue. So... Um, I come from creative. So I have an Emmy nom. I had a can award. Uh, I had a Super Bowl commercial. That's what I did before I created the software for measuring video ads, brand ads. So, um, you know, it's in my blood. And actually the person I work with uh, now is this guy called JT, John Tierney. 
And he is our filmmaker in residence and he's just extraordinary. I mean, I love him. I love everyone that works at our company and, and we all love each other. I mean, it's, it, we're, you know, we're like a family. Um, and I think, you know, we've all been very productive during COVID, but I think, you know, that's kind of the one downside is like, we don't all see each other as much, but mm -hmm. we've maintained that strong bond and, and that connection. And I think, you know, this probably couldn't have been born during COVID, but thank gosh, we all like really bonded prior to COVID kind of making us all start working from home in March of 2020. Um, but, you know, there's another guy called David Bashir, and actually we still work with him and he helps with the YouTube comments and, and the scripts and different things. And he used to be my head of production in my creative agency back in the day. We're talking like over a decade ago. And, uh, you know, these are just, brilliant creative people that are able to pull off so much with so little resources. And, you know, I know how to video edit. I know how to do audio. My wife stars in the videos. She's our voice of our, of our ASMR content and, and almost all of our ads. She's the voiceover. Her hands are very famous. Um, <laughs> anything that could damage her hands, she's not allowed to do because those hands are very critical to yeah. our business. Yeah, we need to find it. If you can, if anybody knows who insures Beyonce's body parts, please get in touch because- uh, Reach out. Yeah, we need to insure her hands. Um, so, you know, we're always trying to come up with new concepts. We have a creative call every single week and it's about an hour and it's my CRO, John, who's my co-founder and it's JT and I, and the three of us just brainstorm, you know, what can we do and, you know, what should we do? And we're- we're always trying to come up with new crazy ideas. And at the same time, we're also working on sort of making sequels. So our number one performing ad during this holiday season is what we call Blanchett Focused 3.0. So you can imagine there was a Blanchett Focused 2.0 and a 1.0. And you know that ad format, which we invented is very successful and we will continue to make variations of it probably forever and you know you show new colors of the blend jet you show new models you show special editions you show different ingredients different locations you change it up and you keep it fresh but at the, at the end of the day like the selling points are very consistent and the hooks change on the opening of the video so you know hey this is the best gift of the holiday season hey our black friday sale was on now you know, and then you kind of like go off the deep end and you end up with 14 oddly satisfying blends in a blend jet too. And, you know, how, how we ended up with that is, um, is really, it's a variety of different people contributing. So it's John, my co-founder at some point saying, you know, we should do something with ASMR. That would be cool. And then it was honestly reading the comments. So at one point I started responding to the YouTube comments. We actually never responded as most brands. We never responded to YouTube comments and YouTube wasn't a very big channel for us. And we started responding to the comments because notifications were coming into my phone and I saw them and I was like, oh, well, hmm, this is pretty interesting. Maybe we should respond to these. So I just started responding and I ended up like on a Friday. This seems to always happen on a Friday. I'm sitting there on a Friday you know, again, of course, Catherine would love to stop working and hang out, but I'm there to like midnight at my computer answering YouTube comments. And I noticed as soon as I started responding to comments, even a couple month old comments, people were responding and engaging. And what's really crazy is the algorithm on YouTube 
started spending a lot more money on YouTube ads. And what I realized is, okay, there's some type of signal happening to YouTube that, hey, there's more engagement on this video, give it more views. And all of a sudden YouTube became a major channel for us. And I really spent a lot of time reading those comments and really honing in the voice. The voice is, is a little dark. It's a little dark. It's not mean, but it, you know, I'll give you an example. If someone comes on and goes, Hey, um, you know, why would I buy a blend jet when I can buy one on Alibaba? You know, it's like, you know, well, that's not a blend jet. That's not even going to blend an ice cube. So, you know, we could just tell them that. Right. But instead we're like, Hey, we've got, you know, a great, uh, video for you, uh, to watch when you get that product. Uh, it's a haterade recipe, you know? So I think as a brand, we just try to be funny. And, you yeah. know, we get so many defenders, like so many people are so passionate about the brand uh, because we, we do feed people just great content. So the way the ASMR thing all went down is I read the comments and people were saying, your videos are so oddly satisfying. And I was like, I literally said, Ooh. what do you mean by oddly satisfying? And people were like, I love watching everything swirl around and blend. And it's so beautiful. Like I watch it on loop while I go to bed. Like you're watching a blender ad <laughs> on loop while you go to bed. All right. Well, this was thank not you, a one-off. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, this was not a one-off thing, right? We heard this a lot. So I said, what if we combined oddly satisfying with ASMR? And then we brought those concepts together. And then, you know, we wrote the script. I wrote the script, most of it. Uh, it's a collaborative effort. So everybody helps JT, sometimes Dave, Catherine, and, you know, we, we come up with the script and then, um, and then we shoot it. That was in my kitchen. And, uh, you know, we shoot it all ourselves and then we record the BO separately and, and then we edit it all together and then we just put it out there and we see what happens. And at this point, it's pretty rare. We make something that doesn't take off. Mm -hmm. It's there's a difference. Like sometimes you know, a failure will get like a couple million views. A success will get a hundred million views. You know, we've reached over a billion unique people with our video ads in the last uh, 12 months alone, just through Facebook and Instagram, not to mention all the other platforms. Um, we're top advertiser on the platform. Video is our lifeblood. We make new video every single week. We have many different people working on video. You know, it's, it's a difficult strategy because you're always trying to reinvent yourself. So mm -hmm. I would say half the time we're doing what we know works. And then half the time we're experimenting and doing crazy stuff. And, you know, when the crazy stuff hits, like that feeling is so good. Oh, yeah. you know, cause it's like people, people are kind of haters. Right. And, and, you know, even, even your people, right. If you, if you do something crazy, you're like, we're going to make an ASMR video and we're going to blend stuff and people are going to watch it and they're going to buy blend jets. People are like, no, okay, that's cool. You know, good, you good sure? for you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, then you put it out there and then it's like a viral sensation and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, this worked. And then everybody's like, can you make more of these please? Uh, so I think it's, you know, I think it's, uh, it, it's fun. It's fun to do that kind of crazy stuff. We're about to release a brand new special edition Lisa Frank Glenjet. So this is very exciting. So there's three versions of this. And the creative that we're filming for this is like 90s themed. And it is one of those things where we are going off the deep end for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think it's fun, right? And it's, it's more fun for everybody. It's just, you get to put all your passion into it, all your excitement, 
And as a result, you end up with, you know, I think really creative, fun ads that don't feel like ads. I mean, if you read the mm -hmm. comments on YouTube, a lot of people say things like, this is the best ad I've ever seen. This is the first ad I've ever watched in, in entirety. This is the first time I've ever bought something from an ad. And there's not one or two or three comments like that. There's hundreds of comments like that. And, you know, I mean, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to the people that they feel this way. I'm so grateful that we figured this out. I'm grateful that the product is helping people. I mean, forget all the advertising for a second. The thing that matters and the reason there's a community, it's not because the ads are good, right? The, the reason that Blendjet is successful is because the stars have aligned. And the reason that the stars have aligned is because we started with a very significant problem. People don't eat healthy because convenient food is not healthy and healthy food is not convenient. And we fixed that. That was our thesis and we did it. And on average, our customers use our product one or more times per day. That's a lot of usage because a typical blender gets used less than three times per month. When you look at that, you're like, wow, what are these people doing with this? Well, number one thing is replacing fast food at lunchtime. So my competition is not other blenders. My competition is McDonald's. My competition is fast food. It's drive-throughs. So, you know, we're not really a blender company. We're a convenient food company. And, you know, our goal is to dramatically change the eating habits of our customers. And that's what we're doing at massive scale. Millions of people every day are using a Blendjet and they're making things in it that are far healthier than what they would be eating otherwise. And as a result, their lifespan is extended. The quality of their life is improved because they're not going to have the chronic health issues that they would have had if they kept eating the way they were eating. But we do not market this as a health product, you know, because if you do that, it's not that fun. You mm -hmm. know, I don't want to be told about my health. Ugh, nah, mm -hmm. I'll deal with it later. You know, what I want is fun colors. You know, I want, I want the, uh, I want the leopard blend. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fun. I want the, I want the geode. I want Ooh. the, you know, one that matches my Atari or my <laughs> station wagon. Yeah. So the wooden panel of the station wagon. That'd be a great, great fit. Totally. So, you know, you look at the community and, and we invest so much money in content that doesn't necessarily make us money. So for example, every week we have a very high quality, very well done recipe video. And that recipe video is free. It's free on YouTube. We email it to 2 million people that are subscribed to our email list. And those videos get tons and tons of views and people end up making the recipe. And there's so much content that we're constantly feeding to our audience that then encourages usage of the product. And look, if you've got, you know, your favorite pattern or color and it's sitting out, you don't put this in the cabinet and hide it. You leave it on display because you're proud of it. And it becomes this daily reminder to have something delicious and nutritious. And that encourages this daily use and it keeps us top of mind. So when holidays roll around, you're like, gee, what should I get for my 10 friends? Ah, you know what? She loves leopard. He loves carbon fiber. That guy likes camo. So I got them all covered. I'm just going to blend yet. And we do this great tiered sale, right? We do, uh, you know, a percentage off of one, a higher percentage off of two, a higher percentage off of three or more. And as a result, you get these people coming and buying like 10 units and just everyone on their list is getting a blend jet. You know, I think blend jet is good for anyone who has a mouth, you know, that's the target <laughs> market. 
I wanted to echo that sentiment completely of when I looked at your YouTube channel, when I looked at your socials, the positive sentiments there, the people raving about the product, this isn't fluff. This is hundred percent true. You can look yourself. I saw that comment itself that said, I just sat through this whole video and enjoyed the whole thing. Um, didn't even realize it was an ad. Um, yeah, the positive sentiment there is just overwhelming and it's so nice to see. And I love for anyone, no matter your vertical, how important that is that your relationship with the customer doesn't stop after they purchase the product. You can keep them, you can make them a fan by supplying them with this content that encourages them to use the product and maybe use the product in ways they didn't know about. Um, so I think that's brilliant. Uh, I love all that. It's, it's so rewarding. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, these Jetpacks products yeah. that you have. I think that's very cool, especially that there's a marketplace growing. You're, you're busting one out right now. What's this one you got? This is the strawberry banana protein jetpack smoothie. These are delicious, nutritious, made in California. It's freeze dried fruit. So it's a big innovation in terms of how you actually prepare a smoothie. Fresh fruit is great and fresh fruit is not always easily accessible. I'm mm -hmm. talking to you from Puerto Rico. You would think it's an island nation. It has a lot of fresh fruit. Nope. People don't eat a lot of fruit here. They don't eat a lot of vegetables. It's very weird, but um, you know, it's the culture, right? The food is different. The cuisine is different. So it's, it's a funny situation because I actually struggle to get good ingredients that are fresh. So I'm pretty much forced to use either frozen fruit or more often than not, I'm using my jetpacks. So jetpacks are awesome because you can get them one time for $3.99 or you can get them on a subscription for $2.99. Most people try it and then they end up subscribing. I think at the beginning, you know, of course we use recharge for this and that's fantastic. Uh, you know, in the beginning, we had a lot of people subscribing right off the bat. And I think that was a mistake actually. I think we were pushing people into subscriptions and then the churn rate was really high and it doesn't look good. It looks nice that you get a lot of people joining and subscribing, but then it doesn't look great because everyone's canceling. What you find though, is that there's that like quarter of people who are staying subscribed for the long-term. So I think the model we're experimenting with now is sort of, you know, hey, um, why don't you just buy them one time? And then we have an email flow that we say, hey, Scott, it's been a month. You probably have consumed all of your jetpacks by now. Do you want to replenish? Like, are you thirsty for more? We got you covered. So I think, you know, that strategy is the right strategy. I think the value of a subscriber who you force into a subscription versus, and, and when I say force, I don't mean like trick. I just mean you push them in, make that the default option versus making it not the default option, making it more of an opt-in option. The quality of subscriber that's choosing to subscribe versus sort of being led into subscription, it's high. It's a much higher quality experience. And I think people get kind of upset too. If you, if you have subscription as the default and they're just click, 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 and they don't pay attention. And then they're like, you made me subscribe. I didn't mean to subscribe. I and mean, we would never do anything like that. We would never like try to, you know, do anything to damage the customer relationship. So I think that's really important, you know, to think about when you're building a subscription program, but if you make something great, people are going to want to subscribe. So we have our smoothies and then we did our protein smoothies, which are plant-based protein. Everything's delicious. The people that created all of these with us are the same people that created some of the most iconic beverages ever created in the history of the world. I can't say the names probably, but it's, 
you know, very tasty stuff. Um, and we're actually, our newest, latest, greatest thing is Jetpack lattes, which are just insanely delicious. So you've got your Frappuccino type flavors. They're not Frappuccinos, that's a Starbucks beverage, but they are uh, blended beverages, which, uh, you know, blended coffee beverages. You've got a mocha, you've got a cinnamon dolce, you've got a vanilla, you've got a matcha green tea, you've got a chai, and these are really good. You just add milk, you add ice, you blend, and you've got a coffee shop quality frozen or non-frozen beverage that you can make in your blend gen in 20 seconds. They're very addictive. Like I, I love the protein jetpacks. I mean, these are really good. I have at least one a day, uh, but the coffee ones, I mean, I have a very fancy fully automatic Italian espresso machine that grinds the beans, pulls the shot, does it all. And I'm probably not going to use that at all anymore because it's just, it tastes better out of the jetpack and the blend jet than what I can make in my fancy machine, even with my frother and all that stuff. So I think I that's going to say, does it take 20 seconds to throw in and then fire it up? Yeah, that's it. It's it, the convenience. It doesn't. Yeah, it's the convenience and also the health. Like we're so good at optimizing for flavor without adding, you know, fake sugars or any kind of artificial stuff. So we're working with really high quality ingredients and then it's all, you know, vacuum sealed in here, right? So you're not going to have any degradation of flavor, even if you wait a year to use it, it's still going to taste great. You know, everything we do is about convenience and everything we do is about trying to make it easier for the consumer to have better choices than they would otherwise. So smoothies, protein shakes, people take it to the gym, you know, margaritas are pretty good. Ellen DeGeneres did one of those on her show with a blend jet. Um, they take it know. to space too. I've seen, they take it to That's the upper true. atmosphere. That's <laughs> true. That's one of those crazy videos. And that one, I'm going to just call out everyone in my life because everyone was like, you can't send a blender to space. And I was like, all right, all right. Watch, watch me. I got you. And uh, sure enough, uh, we did send a blender to space and we did make the first movie in space. And it was really hard. And I got to give a shout out to our friends that sent into space in Europe who actually did it for us. Uh, you know, it's cold in space. I don't know if you guys realize it's like negative 60 degrees uh, and things freeze rock solid at negative 60. Uh, you got to do a lot of special stuff to try to blend at that kind of altitude. So, you know, little inside, little inside secret for you. It was pure alcohol. It was a jetpack and pure alcohol. That's what we blended because water or any kind of liquid would have frozen solid. Mm. And in fact, that happened in some of our test flights that we did before the successful flight. So, you know, best, best to use something that won't freeze if you're going to ever send a blender to space. Yeah. So that margarita, like you mentioned, that that'll do up there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a really, really It'll stiff, be stiff margarita. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, the guys in the video from sent into space, they actually took a sip of the, Gosh. Uh, of the, of the alcohol uh, mixture when it landed. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they put on a good face while, <laughs> while they were drinking it, but I don't know how it tasted. I don't think it would taste yeah. very good. A little strong, a little strong. I, I loved that insight you, you shared about subscription and we've seen that a lot here where customers just want autonomy, just like you said, convenience, autonomy, they want to be able to control the products that they're getting. And so what a great retention strategy to give them the product, 
and then let them know in that email flow, hey, by the way, for your convenience, you can just get this with a click of the button on subscription and we'll start supplying. Uh, just a great, great retention strategy. Yeah, I think, I think you want to get them hooked first and then get mm -hmm. them to like it and then be like, hey, maybe even give them some incentive. You know, if you want to subscribe to 30 of these a month, then maybe I'll give you something nice, you know, as an incentive to do that. Um, but, you know, building that kind of business is, is key, right? I mean, the hardware business that we're in is a wonderful business. And, you know, we're the top selling blender direct to consumer by far. And we're taking over all the retail shelves and that's a wonderful business. And, and I'm very happy with the impact on the world, but the reality is what you blend inside is actually the biggest opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Because the amount of money people spend on food is far greater than the amount of money they're going to spend on blending hardware. So if you can be part of what they're blending on a regular basis, then that's great. And we actually do have BlendJet Marketplace. So for our US customers, if you go to Marketplace, you're gonna see products from all of these amazing partner brands and companies that we work with. So you've got Orgain, you've got 310 Nutrition, you've got uh, these guys, uh, Unicorn Superfoods out of Australia. You've just Don't got you have Beyonce's brand. Which brand we was do. that? We do, yeah. it is the best protein for all the single ladies. <laughs> uh, that's 22 days, uh, nutrition. So yeah, that's a great one. Uh, and you know, I think we aren't going to try to be everything to everyone. So the goal is really, you know, offer all of the best of everything. And there's a lot of brands that reach out to us that want to be in marketplace. And we're just kind of like, eh, you know, it's not going to do well with our customer base. Cause it doesn't taste good. You know, it doesn't blend well. It doesn't taste good. It's just not a good fit. But we've got everything. So if you're, you know, a hunched over sort of coder type, then we've got Soylent for you. Uh, and uh, great product, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if you're not, you know, even if you sit up straight, great product still. <laughs> uh, 310 Nutrition, which is great. PB2, which is the powdered peanut butter. We've got Pattaya Foods frozen fruit. I mean, it's crazy that we're shipping frozen fruit. The, the secret is we're not shipping it. So we work with Pattaya and they ship it. And our stores are connected through Caro, C-A-R-R-O. And it's this amazing platform that basically connects one Shopify store to another. It, even if you subscribe, then we're taking the subscription order through Recharge. And then every time that a new order gets put in, we're pushing that order into their system and they're shipping it just like any other D2C order. We've also got Tenzo Matcha. We've got uh, some of our accessories on there. So, you know, it's, it's just a... Uh, it's a really cool thing to be able to offer more of the ingredients to, to people, uh, you know, to be part of their sort of daily blending. And it's a great way for us to help our customers identify what a lot of the best brands are and the ways that we find those brands. It's our own personal favorites, but it's also looking at our recipes group. So on Facebook, there's a group that has 80,000 plus people who share recipes every day. It's called uh, Blendjet Recipes. And that is a wow. group on Facebook and that's totally organic. It has just grown. We don't advertise it. It's just grown organically to this huge community of people that are very passionate. And actually there's people on there like this amazing woman, Shane, who was in a video with us where she talked about losing 65 pounds and that's all wow. real. She really lost 65 pounds. She posted on the recipes group a before and an after picture of herself. And we were all blown away. It got over a thousand likes on Facebook. And then we reached out to her and said, you know, we'd love to talk to you. So I spoke to her on the phone and, uh, and she just 
had such a moving emotional story that I had to talk to her more. And I said, God, could we, could we just maybe do something on video together? Could we tell your story? Because I think you'd be an inspiration mm-hmm. and you know, you already are, but I think we can make you even a bigger inspiration. So, um, we did a video with her and, and ran it as an ad and it's been extremely successful and it definitely is reaching a whole new market, but tapping into our own community to understand that they like oddly satisfying ASMR to understand that, you know, these motivational stories and these transformations are beautiful and, and like make you maybe, you know, tear up a little bit. Of course you, you do. You just, you feel, you feel stuff. Gets you in the feels. And I think, you know, as a brand, you know, it's hard to fake all that stuff. So you either do it for real or you don't. And if you do it for real, then people see that and they feel it. And then they vote with their dollars for you. And if you try it and you fake it, people see through that stuff. This is 2021, you know, nobody's, mm-hmm. nobody's getting away with the stuff that you used to be able to get with, you know, back in the day, it's just not going to happen. So I think, you know, the best thing to do as an entrepreneur is identify a real problem in your life that you want to fix and create the solution and, you know, preach from the mountaintops about that solution. And I think that's what we've done. And, you know, obviously the accident was terrible, but I, I, you know, it's a weird thing to say, but I'm glad it happened. Right. I mean, it was torture. It was hell for me and for Catherine and I survived. And as a result, it inspired something that is way bigger than me and way more value and benefit to the world than the pain that I had to go through in order to get here. So it's worth it. And it changed me. I'm not the same person. Like I, I don't think the same, I don't have the same values. I was always, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of who I was before, but I'm the most proud now, you know, of what we're doing. And, you know, the funny thing is like, I'm not even taking money off the table, right? I'm reinvesting every dollar back into our growth. Our revenue is huge. We haven't taken VC. We're slightly profitable. I take a ridiculously low salary. And, you know, I'm doing that because I want all the money to go back into the business because I want it to be as big as possible. You know, that's what makes me happy is to see the business be successful. So if you go back to those early days and you've already shared so many great gems here, but what advice would you give to a subscription brand or a DTC brand that is just starting out? Don't be a DTC brand. Don't be a subscription brand. Be a brand that is creating a product that is going to have a very positive impact on people. D2C is, is a way to sell. It's a channel and it's a, it's a valuable relationship. You know, own that email address, own that phone number. Don't just go post your stuff on a marketplace. You know, that's the race to the bottom. The Amazon, the Amazons of the world, those guys are, are getting extremely wealthy off the backs of entrepreneurs who create stuff. And then all the search traffic goes to Amazon and then Amazon just takes a big margin. And then, you know, other guys come in and say, hmm, you know, there's a lot of search traffic for this. Maybe we should make a product in this category and try to steal some of their thunder. Let's undercut their price. And it's a race to the bottom. Don't do that. And you don't own the customer. You don't have their email. You don't have their phone number. You don't get to communicate with them. It's a one-time sale. You know, it's not worth that much. 
you're only worth the revenue you already received. There's no future expectation of earnings. So I think, you know, build something that is unique and special and hasn't been done before, or if it has been done, you've got to do it so much better that everyone is going to be blown away. And that doesn't mean just the product is better. That means the advertising is better. It means the graphics are better. It means the copy is better. It means the customer service is better. It means the shipping is better. Stop outsourcing all that stuff. I mean, you got to think, think, think outside the box and, and you cannot rest on your laurels. You cannot just sort of get to this place of complacency because no one else is. So if you do and you wait a year, you're going to be behind the pack. So to maintain a lead requires constant innovation in every aspect of everything you do. And that is hard, but you know, if it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be worth doing. I knew you'd have some great answers for this. All of that was gold. That was wonderful. Okay, our final question. This is when we ask every guest, uh, aside from these delicious Jetpack uh, subscriptions that you get, what are some other physical products you get on subscription? Deodorant. Mm-hmm. I use deodorant, believe it or not. And uh, I need it <laughs> on a pretty regular basis. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff in, in different brands. So I use kind of a smaller brand, Urban Cowboy, Urban Cowboy. Herbin cowboy. It's kind of a hippie, <laughs> kind of a hippie thing. Sure, but uh, but I, I like it. It's good. It, it works well and it doesn't have a lot of the nasty stuff that the other deodorants have. So I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, Oatly oat milk. Oh, Oatly oat milk. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and, you know, Orgain is a, is a good protein powder. I like that one. I have a subscription for that. Um, yeah, those are, those are the ones that I'm regularly subscribe to final thoughts here is there anything you want to talk about with blendjet anything that's coming in the new year you've already mentioned this uh this sweet ad that we're definitely going to be looking out for but yeah this space right here for you anything you want to tell us about blendjet for the new year we're really good at listening to our customers and you know we've got a lot of really incredible new accessories coming uh new special editions and collaborations with just the most incredible brands in the world we're so privileged to get to partner with So you're going to see continued innovation forever from us. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube, go on and put in your email address. We'll actually send you content you'll like. We're not just going to hammer you with deals, uh, but you will get good deals on BlendJet, but we won't do that very often. Uh, And I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. There's going to be great new stuff in the marketplace. And I think, you know, you're always going to see us pushing the envelope and innovating and, you know, I don't have a a two-year plan. I have a 10-year plan. And, you know, that's ever expanding. I have plans for Blendjet 3 and Blendjet 4 and Blendjet 5 and other categories that are related to our category, but different. You're going to see a lot of innovation for a very long time. And I think when you, don't worry, Blendjet 3 is not coming out right now. So your Blendjet 2 is not going to be obsolete too soon. So go ahead and buy the Blendjet 2. You'll be happy. Uh, 30-day money-back guarantee. But um, I would say that, you know, when Blendjet 3 does come out, I mean, I already know what it is. We're working on it right now. It has features in it that are amazing patented features. Some are patent pending, so I can't tell you what they are yet. And they're so mind-blowing and sci-fi that I think anyone else trying to buy any other blender is going to be like, well, it doesn't have that. I can't buy a blender that doesn't have that. I need that. That solves the problem, you know? And I think that is, I just don't think there's a lot of passion 
in, in my field, you know? I don't think people are thinking the way I'm thinking. And, and it's because they're not trying to solve the same problem I'm solving. So um, I think you can always expect a very different perspective where we're addressing different problems and creating completely unique solutions. Um, and I think the problem that we're solving is, is a really widespread one. And I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think, you know, people need good food. And I think that's what we're figuring out how to provide them is a very convenient way to access good food. Well, listen, I'm really looking forward to that teleportation patent for Blendjet 19. Can't wait for that. But we just wanted to thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on the pod. And we wish you and yours and all of Blendjet uh, the best of luck for 2022. Thanks. And good luck to all of you out there, too. Can't wait to see what you guys make. We want to thank Ryan once again for joining us. If you're interested in Blendjet, head over to Blendjet.com. If you're looking for more of our episodes, check us out at rechargepayments.com slash hit subscribe. And to get the latest episodes, remember to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from.